Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Wonderful. We are here joined today by Laura Sobiak. And for those who don't know, her son, Zach Sobiak, um, passed away a number of years ago, but uh, but kind of in the way of his suffering and his death and everything, really inspired a number of people, especially through a song he wrote. And actually, that whole story has now been turned into a movie called Clouds that uh, that is out on Disney Plus now. And so, um, so welcome, Laura. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself. We, we start with just like a super average family, you know, super average people, which is an important part of our story. I'm a mother of four kids. So Allie, Sam, Zach, and Grace. Zach passed away in 2013 um, after battling bone cancer for three and a half years. I'm also a grandma of two. Um, I've worked as a firefighter EMT. I've worked in the office of various uh, places, but I've also been working for the past five years at Children's Cancer Research Fund, where I work with families who are going through a similar story as ours um, with our focus on raising money for research. Wow. Um, Yeah. Very cool. Just curious, like, like how surreal is it to have the movie made? Yeah, you can't even wrap your head around it. That's how surreal. Yeah, it's funny because it's one of the things, one of my ways of, I guess, Mm self-care through Zach's whole battle um, and preparing for it was to really imagine myself in places like uh, by his deathbed. Mm. You know, what was that going to look like at his funeral? So I would put myself, um, imagine those times. I would spend like an hour a day doing that preparing myself for that. And I've been trying to do that with the movie, you know, just what's it going to be like to sit in a theater <laughs> and watch my and life watch a film? <laughs> and it just doesn't, you can't go there. No. It's just so weird. And I, I have actually seen the film. Um, we were up in Montreal where they did the filming last year mm-hmm. and it was just a little mind bending, very disorienting, yep. all sorts of emotions coming at I you. I can't imagine. Wow. Well, just even watching the trailer, I'm like, I need a Kleenex. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> they did a great job at, uh, at portraying the weight of the emotional uh, heaviness that exists. And, and, and at the same time, keeping it light and accessible. Like, I'm like, I want to show my kids this. Um, but at the same time, I, I need to go to the bathroom and have a good cry, at, you know. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. so so, you lived it and um, and you journeyed with him in, in, in faith. Um, we also have a friend, Annie, who was the youth minister. Um, and so there's a lot of amazing Catholics that, that were uh, kind of key touch points along the way. And yet here we are. And I just cruised over to the video on YouTube and like five comments down, there was someone that said, after hearing this song, I don't want to kill myself anymore. I want to live. I want to experience joy and hope. And so the ministry leadership of Zach lives on today you know uh seven years after his passing and so um (laughs) it's just a real simple question for you laura how did you do it how did you raise a ministry leader like that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know you guys if i could give you a formula for it i would but honestly just um totally god's grace in all of it um i think zach 
Actually, I really think Zach was created for this work. Mm -hmm. I think that he, he lived out to the best of his ability what God gave him to use. Mm. So one of, one of Zach's passions was, and maybe this is where I, is where I can answer your question. One of his passions, as, especially after he got cancer and he recognized um, the power of, of what he had after he wrote clouds and it went out there and it started to go viral. So he kind of recognized like, Oh, I used this gift that God gave me. And I put it out in the world. People are responding. Now what? Mm, yeah. And he, so he really processed that in the um, in his reality of I have limited time. How do I want to spend it? And he really recognized the power of connecting with people, of using that sort of fame to really connect with people and invite them to do the same thing that he did. So. Look at the gift God's giving you. Use it. He, so much so, he, he believed in that message so much so that when we were planning his funeral, he asked that that gospel about the talents mm. be the gospel that was read at his funeral because he wanted to share that message with people. Um, and he, he really had that call of just like, make people happy. That's how he put it. I think he saw that power of God's grace flow through him into other people and what, what comes back at you as a result. And he wanted other people to experience it. Um, and then recognizing that as a parent, as he was going through this last year, especially of his life, but the whole thing was just, how do you bring Christ into that? How do you engage a young person who hasn't had years and years of life to figure this out like a lot of us do um how do you get that broader way of thinking into eternity like what is eternal what investments are you going to make here um for the eternal and honestly with zach it was it was pretty easy to do that because he had to mm. yeah you know, he had to focus on those things earlier than most kids do but but he shared it in a way and i think this is this is a craft that uh that was part of Zach's charism. He shared it in a way that was uplifting, not morbid. I mean, even the song itself is like, I'll go a little higher. Like it wasn't like I'm leaving you behind. It's like, I'm actually going to a better place. And, uh, and so many, I mean, you just think about it, your time is running out and he didn't say that he, he uses different language, like limited time and, and different things. Like, I mean, it just, it's, it's a beautiful perspective because sometimes we share the gospel in a way that's more vinegar than honey, even though it's truth. And Zach was able to take something very heavy and uh, really create an on-ramp, even for the joy of the gospel. Like the joy of the gospel means something different to you in the midst of your son's passing than someone else whose life is going pretty average. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, there wasn't a question there, but I just wanted to... <laughs> And, like as a parent going through all this, you know, and, and young people go through crazy stuff all the time. Um, but obviously like having to deal with what y'all dealt with is, is at a whole new level. Um, how did you, how were you able to keep those lines of communication open? Because that's like one of the things we were talking about before the show is, is actually being able to have conversations with your kids when they're going through what they're going through is what's going to make everything different, make everything, uh, I don't know, actually life-giving. Um, so how were you able to do that? Yeah, I think 
that was, you know, as, especially as I reflect back on the whole experience, but also while I was in it, recognizing that the only way that we can really um, be effective in our parenting, no matter where we are. So for me, it was walking alongside a child who was dying. For other parents, it's going to be different because um, the world offers different challenges for all of us. What I realized was put the effort into providing a safe space to talk about big things. Our tendency sometimes as a parent is first we want to shelter our kids, which we should. There's a lot of nasty stuff out there that we need, we want to protect them from. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we have to deal with the hard things. We have to because they're right in our lap. And I think especially as parents and Christian Catholic parents, we cannot be afraid of these things. We have to be willing to engage in conversations that might not be comfortable. You know, our kids, especially our teenagers, might be coming at us with some things that we maybe don't fully understand or we don't agree with. We have to be able to talk openly and not get freaked out. You know, if our kids think that they're going to totally freak us out by talking about heavy things, they're not going to come to us mm-hmm. because we're going to appear weak. Yeah. And, you know, and we're not. We have the truth of the gospels behind us. So how do we engage our kids in conversation? And for us, of course, our thing was Zach was dying. It was death. That was a big thing. And I have seen other families deal with it in a way that it's a taboo subject. You don't talk about it because for some reason in our Western culture, especially, there's some shame Mm. in dying. Mm. Like if you're not healthy, like our ideal is to be this strong, healthy youth, Mm. you know? That's the ideal. If you're not that, you have to fight to be that, you know? And so there's this weird kind of undercurrent of shame and dying. And we dealt with that by talking openly about death, not talking about it like it was um, something that should be avoided or just ignored or even afraid of. Yeah. Um, we wanted to talk openly about that because we believe that this isn't it. Yeah. You know, the beauty Amen. of the, our faith is like, yeah, that's a door we go through yeah. to something different. And so we need to treat it like that. And we need to do what we can here to prepare for that entry into that new space. So we talked open. I say we talked openly, but sparingly about yeah. it. So it wasn't something that we were talking about all the time. Sure. But we all knew that we could talk about it. Yeah. I'm curious though, but like, like my guess is you screwed up like in, in at least one of your conversations about this, um, and maybe struck a chord that you didn't mean to strike, you know, when you were talking with him or, or even with your other kids. And, and I think like parents having permission to screw up, that's okay. You know, like, does that make sense? Like, does that ring true? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so many opportunities, aren't there, as parents to circle back and say, yeah, I really screwed that up. <laughs> but see, that's the that's the that's the foundation that you're building on. You're you're laying putting those layers down and saying, Hey, I learned something here. Yep. I learned it with you or even from you. Hmm. And I want to come back and I want to talk about this again. And here's how I messed up. 
tell me how this was for you. You can build on that. One of the ways that it was really hard for our family um, was just part of it was the fame that Zach gained in the last year of his life and how that focus really shifted from our family life to what was happening out there, you know? And so that was a challenge. It was really a challenge for, for our other children. Um, we definitely saw the potential to put this story out there and really kind of saw God's hand in it all. I mean, definitely saw God's hand in it all. Um, but that meant Zach's time was taken away from his siblings. Mm. And, you know, it's funny, Zach really was the extrovert of our family. Um, the rest of us aren't. And so he kind of led the way with that. But it left especially his siblings feeling, you know, neglected and like robbed really of his time. And so we had to manage that, too. And that was tough. That was messy and hard. Wow. And that's what the movie, to a degree, showcases with your other children. Do you think that the movie is going to be kind of a sore spot? Like, ah, there he is on stage again. And I just wanted to Mm -hmm. hold his hand one more time. There's some of that. Definitely. yeah, with each with each like level that this story goes, there's more sacrifice that comes with it, you know, and there's there's more hurt. There's this sort of hyper focus on our family when these things happen and the rest of the kids just kinda wanna experience this on their own and, and tuck it in their own hearts. And so there's there's a balancing act there and how we deal with it is we let them choose what they're going to be a part of. I mean, they're all adults now, so they get to choose anyhow, but we don't pressure them to engage in this in a way that is going to harm our family. So we're really free about that. There's no expectations with that. And I I think in grief, in grief in general, we have to be, you have to be patient with the people, the rest of the people in the family, because we all do that differently. That's going to come out in different ways. It's an interesting tension because I think most ministry leaders deal with some of that of like, am I going to give to my family or am I going to give to the ministry when it's a weekend event or when there's evenings and different demands? And uh, in, 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 in the case of Zach, I think that you're, you're kind of pointing out he had an audience, a very large audience, and numbers are so attractive, like they just are. But he also had his siblings and his family And as ministry leaders, we're called to minister to our family first, you know, and really being sent forth from the family. And I think that it's clear that he had the support of the family and you guys journeyed with him in the midst of that. Um, But but that it was at a cost that you had to make a choice that this is going to cost us some of our family time and time. Time is the most limited resource that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we actually as a family when we got the first, um, so CNN called and asked if we would do an interview. And this was very early after, um, it was about a week after the song went crazy. And at that point, this is where communication comes in again is okay. We pulled everybody together. Even our son, Sam, who was off at college, we pulled him in on a zoom call and we're like, okay, what are we doing? Because this can't just be Zach's decision. It can't just be mom's decision. This has to be a family decision because this is going to be the family's going to go with this story. So what are we doing? And Sam, our oldest son, he's just so full of wisdom. He said, you know, if this is just about Zach, then no. It can't just be about elevating him. It has to be about something more. 
And Zach really had a passion for raising money for research to help with his disease. He had an orphan disease that there's just not much done around. And so we decided if we can do something to elevate that part of our mission, we will do that. And we, as a family, could get behind that. And so that's how we proceeded with it. Um, it turned into a dual mission once we saw the response to the story and like the comment that you mentioned, you know, this huge, just obvious Holy Spirit moving, you know, and touching lives through this. Um, so it's a dual mission now of raising money, but also touching hearts. Um, but there was definitely a time like after things really blew up, you know, things got bigger out in the world as Zach's health got worse and so that kind of lined up and there was definitely a time where he just shut his computer and said I'm, I'm done with that mm -hmm. I'm focusing on my loved ones I'm paying attention here um and so we did those last couple of months we just came together and focused on each other wow that's amazing it's interesting because in staff prayer you know uh, actually this morning one of the things we were talking about was I mean we were talking about poverty but like, how do we use things? Like, what is it that we're going to do with this that we've been given? And that's the question that you were asking your family. We've been given this. What are we going to do with it? And your son, like you said, as wise as he could, if if the, if this is the end, then that's not the right end. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not the end we're going to do this for. We're going to do this for a greater end, like for this out there, um, for mission, you know. And that's just beautiful just to see that carried out within your family and, and your your son being wise enough to see that just that's just awesome it makes me tear up because i want kids like this you know <laughs> mm. yeah uh, i i know i was so incredibly blessed to have each one of these kids leading us through this but. well and that's something that this says to me because this is your oldest from college like you raised ministry leaders you raised people with this mentality um and so what, what does the, like the weekly practice at that time, what did the weekly practice of, of faith and, and sharing, like, how, how did you bring your faith into to a foundation to foster this? Like, what, what were some of those things? Yeah, so that's, that's an interesting question. And to be honest, we're not that great at it. Um, which is the beauty of our story. I think like, that's going to give a whole, whole lot of people a lot of hope, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. yeah. I know, right? Don't have to be a pro. I know. <laughs> we, we are not, you know, we're not, we, so we are weekly mass, sometimes daily mass people. We prayed every night before the kids went to bed. We pray before meals. So those are the solid things that we did just as, you know, faith. We sent our kids to a Catholic school. Um, we talk about faith, you know, we do, not a lot, but just like in little bits. And that's how I kind of move in life too. And that's one of the things I love about our story is faith is there, but we're not going to whack you over the head with it. Amen. Yeah. I, and I really think that that's kind of what we need these days. Um, so yeah, we weren't great at it. Like I hardly ever took the kids to confession, which is a horrible mom <laughs> fail on my part, but it's something that, you know, it's normal. Did, like, uh, yeah, I should have done. I always had intentions of we're going to do monthly this year. And yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> the oh, first wait, month was gone by. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I always had really good intentions that way, but honestly, there's so many things, opportunities that I missed and you know, and, and I look back too, and I think about 
there were things that I allowed into the house, like, you know, some television shows and things like that, that like, what was I thinking? Why did I allow that to happen? <laughs> but I think, you know, we, we were consistent in our prayer life. We were consistent in making sure that the kids, you know, we got to mass. That was an important part, no matter what was going on. It was part of our life. Um, but we weren't, super great at it so I hope that people can see that and that's the beauty is like and God even used us <laughs> but I don't know like I don't like the, the qualifier you're, you're putting on there like we weren't super great at it and it's like because it's not like this whole ideal of perfection is this is what a good Catholic family does that's BS like that that doesn't exist yeah. you know and and that's that Catholic guilt that we tend to give ourselves in and, and that's not even that's not how it works that's not the way God works the economy of guilt that exists is so true. And I even think about some of the Catholic moms that we uh, aspire to. Um, we think about the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, that's a pretty high bar. And then St. Monica, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, the little flower, Zaley, you know what I mean? And you're just like, wow. But hold up, hold up. Like, even in our own imperfections, like the Holy Spirit is there because the Holy Spirit desires success in our parenting and our ministry leadership even more than we do. And so if if we weren't the perfect mom, and so this is great, I want to reintroduce our guest today as Laura Sobiak, not a perfect parent, whose son was <laughs> featured in the movie Clouds. Like, I think that's a great way to say it, because God yes. can do amazing things with ordinary people. And I still got to say, I think you're better than St. Peter. That guy, he messed up quite a bit. You know what I mean? So let's just I say- know. Jesus right? picked Jesus picked some people that had a lot of growth areas, you know. I am always so thankful for St. Peter and the hot mess that he was. So I'm like, well, <laughs> look who God picked to be the first leader of the church. Amen. Yeah. I I yeah. I mean, I totally love I love the fact. I really love the fact that God used us despite our failings and like we're not extraordinary. I, I do some public speaking and that's how I start things. It's just like, you guys, we are normal, average folks and we're messy and we kind of stumble along and look what God's doing with us. Like, I don't, we're not making this happen. Thank God. You know, <laughs> we've eaten dinner in front of the TV in the last week. Like that's who we are. You know, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So, um, <laughs> So what are your hopes in regards to this? You're in this whole new chapter with the movie coming out. And I know things are probably going to get, uh, there's going to be a lot of activity over the next couple of weeks or whatever. But uh, what what is your hope for how people can utilize Zach's story or really ministry leaders, um, especially in today's culture? I think it pairs very nicely with what we were just talking about. I really want people to see how... I don't want to say little effort because it, it does take effort, but like if we just take that first step, God really does the rest. Amen. And that's the beauty of the story is just all we have to do. And, and one of my prayers has been through this whole thing uh, from the very beginning was, Lord, you open doors and we'll walk through. And he does, he does consistently. And, and all I have to do so in, in my part of the story, all I have to do is, okay, I'll, I'll do that work. I'll step through that door. So whatever that looks like, you know, speaking to certain people or even writing the book. I'd never written a book before. And I got this book deal from a major publisher. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to write a book. <laughs> wrote a book. In 12 weeks, I wrote that book. Wow. wow. And, 
yeah, but so that's the work. That's the, you know, the blood, sweat and tears part of it. But I didn't get that opportunity for myself. That was, that was all in God's hand. And so if we are willing to do that, that's all God's looking for right now are people who are willing to say, yeah, I'll step through that door. Well, yeah. And whoever's, who's going to be faithful with that next step? Like, like I'm not going to plan my life out or I'm not going to figure out, try to figure out exactly what God wants to do with all this. I'm going to take that mm-hmm. next step that he puts in front of me. Like whatever that step is, I'm going to do it. Right. I yes, like that. If we can just, if we can learn as a society, as a culture to relax a little bit, and just take some time to breathe and pray. The, this whole world will change Amen. if we can do that. So, and that's what we did. I, I joke about how we just bump along behind the story. We're not taking this thing anywhere. This is God's doing, <laughs> not ours. <laughs> so here we are. You know, that's the other beautiful thing too, just in my personal life. I was spiritually in a place. This, this was as is for any parent my worst nightmare Mm. was to lose a child. This is a thing I don't think I'm ever going to recover from spiritually is what I used to think. Yeah. And that's what God called us to do. And I, I look back and I just see so clearly now that God has prepared me for this work. You know, it's all there. Yeah. We just can't see it sometimes. And so I can take great comfort in knowing I can continue to go wherever he leads and that, that grace, will be there when I get there. And Amen. that's what I hope and pray for. I love it. What is what is one thing about Zach that you want you want people to know that maybe the movie doesn't showcase? Like, hey, if you would have met mm-hmm. Zach, you would have also known this about him. Oh, that's tough. Um so his his best friend and songwriting partner, Sammy Brown, put it really well. I can't remember if it was his eulogy that she gave or where she said it, but she said, when, when you were in a room with him, even if the room was full of people and he was talking to you, you felt like the only person in the room. Mm -hmm. He engaged at that level. He was, he loved to look for like the little guy. And that's where I was kind of talking earlier about like, he learned to use that sort of fame power. He loved to engage with people who weren't expecting to connect with him and, and, and that kind of thing. So he would scope out and say, who's the person in this room that feels little today? Mm. I want to go and engage with that person. His siblings would tell you he was a big pain in the butt. <laughs> he got away with everything. He was the star <laughs> child, the golden child. Uh-huh. So apparently he knew how to work his mom too, specifically. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but he was really, there was a spark of joy about that kid from from the moment I met him until the day he died. He he And beyond, um, he still shows up in really funny, quirky ways. And he loved joy, even when he was sick, when he was really, really sick. He was always about looking for the joy in the day. And he put the effort into finding it. I think that might be the spiritual kind of homework that I'm going to receive when I view the movie is to be like, because cause I complain if I didn't get a full eight hours of sleep. That's the that's the dad <laughs> I am. I'm like, oh, I'm in a bad mood. It's like, well, he found joy in ways that were so much more difficult than me. Just someone ate all of my breakfast cereal. You know what I mean? Like, this is like my bad day. And uh <laughs> And so it, it's a perspective um, that, that he embodied. I think that uh, that he lived uh, Pope Francis's The Joy of the Gospel before Pope Francis wrote The Joy of the Gospel. And, uh, yeah. and I think that's beautiful. 
So. Yeah, he said, um, I wish I had the quote in front of me. So Annie, our mutual friend, um, she put out there on Facebook a question about the Eucharist and like, what is it that you, when you go to adoration, what do you walk away with or what are you looking to, to get? What is it? What do you find there? And Zach said something to the effect of when you sit in adoration and you gaze upon the Eucharist and you gaze upon our Lord, he doesn't turn away. And I loved that because this was the Zach who was going through chemotherapy, had no hair, could barely walk, was puking his guts out every morning. And that's, you know, Christ didn't look away from that. He gazed at that suffering and didn't turn away. And that's what Zach saw. And I think that's what he tried to bring to the world too. Like, I see you. And, um, and I hope just a little spark of that hope is what people can walk away with in, um, after watching this movie. Praise God. Well, great. Mm -hmm. Laura, as we wrap up, how can people get a hold of you or get a hold with the things that you want to point them to? Like, go ahead and and have it. Yeah. I get to do my pitches now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we're doing this really cool thing at, at Children's Cancer Research Fund. And this is where the Zach Sobiak Osteosarcoma Fund lives. So Zach's fund is there. Um, we've started what we call the Zach Movement. And so if you go to childrenscancer.org, you will find Join Zach's Movement. So there's all sorts of ways to engage with the story. So there's links to buy my book, Clouds a Memoir. Um, there's the movie trailer. You can find out more information about how to watch the movie. There's different ways to engage in fundraising for Zach's Fund. We've already raised $2.1 million. Wow. Super proud of. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so there's all sorts of cool stuff that you can learn. There's blogs, behind the scenes stuff, how it really happened versus the movie and all those fun things. So people can go to Zach's movement for all of that information. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, just a couple of big takeaways. You don't have to be a perfect parent to raise an amazing ministry leader. Amen. And that means that the imperfect people are the greatest ministry leaders the world has ever known. Hashtag St. Peter. And then uh, the last piece is that there is a depth in the joy, even in the midst of suffering. And that alone can inspire just like Zach did. So Laura, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It was, it was a blast. Thanks you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Let's continue this conversation online. And uh, please send any feedback you have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with everyone. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, we go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. Pray for parents that go through tough stuff like this and just be thankful that you're a normal parent. Amen. And there's no such thing as a normal parent, but (laughs) nevertheless, extraordinary. Yes. And we will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless.